What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. All right, man. Welcome back to Don V Fridays. It's episode 39. We in week two of the college football season. Um, my picks for week one was fucked, <laughs> to say the least, man. I was out here. I put a curse on a lot of people. Let's get into it, though. I did a couple of picks last week, and um, I'm thinking this is what I'm going to do. I'm thinking this is what I'm going to do every week is I'm going to quickly review the picks I did the week before, and then I'm going to do the picks for the upcoming week, and then we can just laugh at how wrong I am. But uh, last week, I I picked Texas to beat Maryland. That didn't happen. I be I picked Washington to beat Auburn. That ain't happen. I picked Michigan to beat Notre Dame. That ain't happen. I picked Miami to beat LSU. That damn sure didn't happen. Uh yeah, man. Just I was just out here cursing everybody. I was a uh, uh I gave a lot of people the kiss of death, but these are the ones I did get right. I picked UCF to beat UConn. I mean, that was no uh I don't think I was going out on a limb on that one. I picked Bama to beat Louisville. Once again, I don't think I went out on a limb there. And I picked Virginia Tech to beat Florida State. And I did go out on a limb there, but I'm a fan. So I was supposed to pick my team. So everyone I looked at objectively, for the most part, I got wrong. And the ones I got right, those teams were going to win. It would have took a fucking... It would have took... God to get him to intervene for the, for those games to not go that way, so that's where we at. That's where we at with week one, man. Uh, I don't know what to say. I hope nobody took my picks uh to the bank or to your bookie, because if you owe people, man, pay your bets, man. It ain't worth it. Ain't worth getting hurt over. Let's move on to week two. I got a couple week two picks, and then uh we can get into the next topic, and then we can uh. Get into this mailbag. This week is a couple games, couple games that ca- <clears throat> a couple games that caught my attention. UCLA plays Oklahoma, number six Oklahoma. I don't know if y'all watched last week. And, and speaking of bad picks, I picked, and I didn't pick this on the podcast. I just tweeted this out a couple times. I had picked Ohio, Ohio State. I had picked Oklahoma to beat. Florida Atlantic, but I said that game was going to be a shootout, that game was going to be close, Lane Kiffin, uh, ain't no way, and then I was thinking about Oklahoma's defense from last year, Oklahoma defense can't stop nobody, you better believe Lane Kiffin's going to go up there and make a shootout of it, man, no, <laughs> man, and, and Florida Atlantic's good, they was a conference champion, I think they had 10, 11 wins, like, this ain't like, you know, some random bottom of the bottom of the barrel Sunbelt team they invited in. Like, Florida Atlantic's a conference champion. Albeit, they play in the uh, 
Conference USA or something, but they still is a good team. And Oklahoma ran them boys out of the building by the second quarter. They ran them boys smooth out of the building. So that was another one I got wrong. But uh, UCLA plays at Oklahoma, and uh, UCLA UCLA lost to Cincinnati last week. So uh, that lets you know what level Chip Kelly got them boys at. It's not time for Chip Kelly yet. When Chip Kelly fully gets his guys and he fully has everybody on the nutrition system and all that organ shit that he had implemented, then UCLA will start to see results. But as of right now, no. Oklahoma's going to win big, man. I don't even think that one's going to be worth watching, honestly. Uh, number three, Georgia plays number 24, South Carolina. This game is interesting. I don't think this I, – I think uh, I think everybody's picking Georgia here, but South Carolina has talent, man. South Carolina got a talented group of receivers. They got a talented quarterback, and they got a defense that's not getting much love, I guess, across the country, but they got a defense too. Um, I still pick Georgia to win, but this game is going to be closer than what people think it's going to be. Um, South Carolina's going to make a game of it, and I think it's in South, you know, Williams Bryce Stadium. So, don't be surprised if it's a game and going into the fourth quarter. Uh, South, I don't know what the point spread is, but uh, that game ain't going to be Georgia. Not just going to run off on South Carolina. You got Clemson, number two Clemson. They play Texas A&M. Uh, I got Clemson winning big. Uh, Texas A&M, they're not, they're not, they're definitely not ready for that stage, and they're not ready for that defensive line, and they're not ready for that defense. I know Jimbo knows Dabo very well, but I mean to be honest, Dabo ran that man out of the Atlantic Coast Conference, and that was with Florida State. And now Jimbo's trying to change the culture over there at uh, Texas A&M. They're not ready. They're not ready to compete with Clemson, the Clemsons of the world, just yet. Uh, I think Clemson will win that game by double digits. You got number thirteen Penn State, and they play Pitt. Uh, Penn State should have lost last week to Appalachian State. Appalachian State had them beat. The game was thirty-one to thirty-one. Appalachian State had the ball in their red zone, and all the young man had to do, he ran for the first down. All he had to do was fall down inbounds. It was like a minute and 50-something seconds on the clock. They could have started to at least get Penn State to burn some timeouts or something. But young man scored too fast. Um, it was what it was after that. I turned away from that shit. I was like, dog, that game is over. Penn State is going to win. Everybody's hit me up like, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. No, 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 no. When you got the number 10, I think they was number 10 last week. I don't remember. I think they were number 10 last week. But when you got a, a top-ranked Power 5 opponent who's at home, when you got them on the ropes and you can finish them off, you do that. You do that. The clock is your friend. You don't take no chances with them. And you damn sure don't leave them damn near two minutes to go down the field. Trace McSorley, they had two timeouts. I said, damn, you left them the whole fourth quarter. That game over with. And sure as shit, they, Trace took them boys right back down the field and won it. All that said, 
Penn State gonna beat Pitt. I think they played Pitt last year and they got real ugly real early. Um, you know how Pitt is. Pitt is shitty enough to get their ass bust by everybody, and then Pitt gonna turn their ass right around in the ACC play and compete with everybody, the tops, the top of the conference and the bot, and lose to the bottom of the conference. Pitt is so weird. I don't know why they're like that, but they're gonna lose to Penn State by like seventy points, and then they're gonna turn around and beat Clemson or some shit. That's just the way it is, I guess. And then you got number 17, USC. They play number 10, Stanford. Uh, this this game I've been struggling with. I've been struggling with. I'm still struggling with it to this as I'm talking about this. Because Stanford got Bryce Love, a high <clears throat> a Hasman contender. And uh he got stuff last week against San Diego State. And um I don't think that it happened two weeks in a row. Like I, I truly don't think it happened two weeks in a row. You USC, who always has talent. Like as far as oh they lost Sam Darnold, USC is one of those football factory schools. Like when even when you think they suffering losses, they not. They just plugging in new stars. So that game is gonna be uh, that game is gonna be a really good game. That game is gonna probably come down to the fourth quarter as well. I got USC pulling the upset. I mean, maybe it, I mean it's an upset to some, but it's still USC. Yeah, I got USC winning that game. And that's my picks, man. That's my picks. Let's do a quick review. Uh, UCLA, UCLA, Oklahoma. I had Oklahoma, Georgia, South Carolina. I had Georgia, Clemson, Texas A and M. I had Clemson, Penn State, and Pittsburgh. I had Penn State. And USC versus Stanford. I had USC. Virginia Tech plays William and Mary. And um it's not even worth saying who who's gonna win. Um, I guess you wanna see certain things out of that win. You know, you wanna see the guys look a certain way, you wanna see, you know, clean execution, you wanna see no penalties, you wanna see no injuries, of course, and you wanna see the see the backups, you know. The backup guys start to get some playing time. And you want to see your young defense improve. You want to see them flying around like they did last week. Of course, when they played Florida State, it's prime time. It's, it's ABC. Um, the whole country's watching. They did a great rating. They did a great rating as far as, you know, so I forgot how many million people watched it. You get up for that one. Now on a short week. I think it's a two o'clock kickoff, and you got William and Murray coming to town. You, you know, everybody's been sucking your dick all week. Oh, y'all the greatest, you know. Now you got to turn around and do it against a supposed cupcake team. And uh, hopefully the defense got that same energy they had on Monday. And, it, and it's not a, uh, you know, we don't end up sleepwalking, and this game is closer than it needs to be. This game don't need to be a nail biter. This game don't need to be nothing. They need to, they need to go in there, get their head cracked wide open, and then put them on the bus, send them on their way. That's how I feel about it. Uh, no need to do a score prediction. Like I said, as long as they get you know they get their ass bust and they and they get sent on their way, I'm good. And we don't have any major injuries. That's all I need to see. Let's move on to the next uh topic.
uh, Nike made some headlines this week. Uh, Nike had has endorsed Colin Kaepernick. Uh, the 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 very polarizing Colin Kaepernick, by the way. They've endorsed him. They then put some money in his hand, put some money in his pocket, and um, they're using him in their thirtieth anniversary of their Just Do It uh, campaign or whatever. And me personally, I love it. You know, I, I love the ad. I saw the ad on Twitter. Some they had posted it, and it's a beautiful ad. It has a powerful message, and it, and if you don't take anything. From this whole, you know, campaign, you got to look at that commercial. You got to look at what's being said. And, you know, he's talking about and he's showing people that's crippled that went on to do amazing things. He's talking about people who beat cancer. And it's a powerful, it's a powerful, it's a powerful ad. No matter how you feel about the messenger, if if you don't get the message, you already lost. You already lost, cause that is a powerful message uh, from Nike and Colin Kaepernick. Salute to Nike. Um, Nike has always been ahead of the curve when it comes to these types of. They've always backed the athletes. You know, they never Nike never ducked on no sucker shit. Nike ain't never been afraid to put themselves out there. Nike stood behind Michael Vick when he had his. Uh, I won't say they stood behind him, but Nike said, "Look, man, we're gonna distance ourselves, but we're not gonna cut ties." You know, and as soon as he got his life back together, Nike was right back behind him. Same thing with Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods had this little situation. Nike said, look, we're not leaving. You just got to get your shit together. Tiger Woods got his shit back together. You know, Nike backed him again. So that's the way Nike operates. You know, Nike is out here like, look, man, we'll work with you. We'll work with you, this and that. And, I, and, I'm not, and I'm not trying to compare Colin Kaepernick to them people because those people did shit that was wrong or shit that was bad. Colin Kaepernick didn't do nothing bad or nothing wrong. He didn't break any laws. He didn't cheat on no wife or nothing like that. All he did was protest uh, police brutality and uh, social inequalities in our justice system, which needed to be protested, by the way. I don't give a fuck who gets upset. It needed to be protested. Um... Police brutality is out of fucking hand and social inequality is out of hand. Like, like, and I think with, with these protests and I'm not trying to do it, dog, it's been two years, but at least with these protests and the conversation that's being had, I do think some people have seen, okay, maybe, you know, maybe police brutality is a little crazy. Maybe it's some people that out here that out, that is getting fucked over by the system that don't deserve to be in prison for whatever. You know, some people have benefited from that conversation. Some people, you're never going to change their opinion. They didn't already cut this podcast off. They don't want they don't want to hear it. They, they think, fuck that. He disrespected everything I believe in. And that's, you know, you're not going to get to those people. But to, but if if you change one person's heart. Damn it, that, that's a mission complete. That's a mission accomplished to me. But I'm off that. But salute to Nike, though. That was a beautiful commercial. It gave me chills. Uh, let's get into this mailbag. Got a nice got a nice group of questions. And then y'all could be on y'all way. At 
underscore Gator Nation underscore one X. You think Walker has a breakout year? Excuse me. You think Walker has a breakout year this year the way Chubb at NC State did last year? Um, I don't think, and I think he's referring to Bradley Chubb. I don't think Bradley Chubb had a breakout season last year. I think he was expected to be the uh, a top five pick before that season even started. So I don't really think it was a breakout year. Uh, people have been talking about Bradley Chubb since the year before last. As far as Ricky Walker, um, when you go up and down the ACC and you look at interior defensive linemen, of course you got what's going on at Clemson. But after that, you got uh, Gerald Willis the third at, at Miami. And I'll put Ricky Walker on the same tier. I'll put Ricky Walker on that tier, like a tier, like tier two interior defensive lineman for the ACC. And that's a good, and, and, and like I said, you talking about Clemson's interior with Christian Wilkins and Dexter Lawrence, they're going to be first round picks. So you put Ricky Walker in a tier below them in the conference. Hey, he'll definitely get drafted. And I mean, his buddy last year, Tim Settle, he got drafted by the Redskins and he made the team. So, I don't know if if Ricky's going to impact games like Bradley Chubb did cuz Bradley Chubb was just a menace but um I think Ricky Walker's starting to get a lot of love by the draft people, the scouts. Um I saw a lot of positive tweets from uh NFL people and draft people. I saw a lot of positive tweets about Ricky Walker on Monday night. So that we'll just have to see. At Ricky JDS seven X are the goons back, and I had to say it like that because it was in all caps. <laughs> um, the performance Monday night looked real. There was a lot of goonery. It was real goonish, like the way we, our dog people was flying around, knocking heads off. Levante Taylor got bodied a couple times. Uh, yeah, man, I don't want to say all the goons back. I mean, but. That was a goonish performance, and um, Brandon Flowers was on the sidelines and because uh, he's on the broadcast team now, the radio broadcast team. But after Eric Kuma pushed, it wasn't Levante Taylor. It was another corner who was a little boy. When when Eric Kuma pushed him down in the end zone and caught that touchdown pass, Brandon Flowers said, I told him, do it again. Push him again. They're not going to call you every time. Keep playing with that goon mentality. And... I don't know if the kids we got are goons, because I think you're referring to the era of the mid-2000s, the mid-2000 Hokies. I don't think we got those same type of kids, but I do think they're playing with that goon mindset. And, um, hey, I love it. That's what you gotta have. You you gotta have you gotta have those players with that edge, that chip on their shoulder. And then again. Nobody in the country gave us a chance, despite us even being ranked higher than Florida State. A lot of people didn't give us a chance in that game, so the kids were playing with a chip on their shoulder. Now we got to see them put it together again when everybody thinks you're going to win. Now you're 12th in the country. You know, the media been sucking your dick all week. Now let's see uh, if they got that if they got that gorilla mentality because it's easy to get up. Like I said earlier, it's easy to get up uh, Monday night, Florida State, ABC, everybody's watching. But can you get up 
like 2 p.m. William and Murray coming to town, and nobody's watching but uh, Hokey fans. That's the that's that. Then we'll see if if people are flying around knocking heads off on Saturday. Then I'm ready to say the goons are back. At TD Waterhouse asks, best high school program, best high school football program in Virginia right now. That is a question I cannot answer because I live in the state of Maryland. I've been living in Maryland for five years. I'm in the D.C. area now. I'm no longer living in Virginia. But when I was living in Virginia, um, there were several programs that were dominant. Uh, Hampton, Phoebus, uh, Oscar Smith. But I can't tell you honestly with a straight face who is the most dominant high school. I kind of keep up with like like my area recruiting and what's going on in 757. But when I was coming up, 757 just dominated the whole state. It's not really like that no more. It's kind of different. Um, it ain't just one one area code dominating everybody. It's kind of getting spread out. But um, yeah, I can't I can't honestly answer that question because I'm not in the state and I'm not really like going to the games and keeping up with it like I once was. So I can't answer that right. At C Love Chilling X, what does a successful William and Murray game look like to you? A shutout fifty plus is what I'm looking for. Uh, a shutout is not gonna happen. I don't. You we gotta remember we're still. We are still very, very young on defense. And what what that means is we're still going to commit penalties. We're still going to blow some assignments. We're still going to give up some points. Uh, a shutout is not going to happen. I can pretty much guarantee that. The 50 points, hopefully. 50 points, hopefully. I don't care. Like anything, because you always look at those games, the William & Murray's, the Furman's. You know, the games like that, you always look at those games like, okay, this is a stat game. Okay, this is a game where people can kind of like run up their stats a little bit. So maybe the 50, I don't know. I don't know. Anything over 40 and I'm good as long as they're not, you know, putting up 30 or some shit. You know, anything over 40, I'm good. You know, if Josh Jackson throws two, three touchdowns, runs another touchdown, I'm good with it. And then we get to see the replacements. We get to see the backups. I'm good with it. That's a successful game to me. A successful game to me is clean, no penalties. Uh, of course, there's going to be some penalties, but no no dumb penalties, no unsportsmanlike conduct penalties, you know, no undisciplined play, you know, no major injuries to either team. And uh, we get to see the quarterback start to get his confidence under him. I'm good with that performance. If it ends up the game being 40 to 13, okay, whatever. At Debbie Baller, at Debbie Baller X, are the Steelers going to pay Le'Veon? That's a good question. Not after them comments they made, the offensive lineman made. I don't, the Steelers historically just don't pay people. Historically. It's going to, they play the Browns this week. Let them lose to Cleveland. Somebody's going to get Le'Veon Bell on the phone. <laughs> they going to get Le'Veon on the phone. That's pretty much. I, I If they lose to Cleveland, they're going to get Le'Veon on the phone. She also asks, what's your all-time favorite Virginia Tech football uniform combination? Well, that's easy. That was 2005 when we was doing the maroon with the orange sleeve. 
Dog, them, them shits. The Marcus Vick era. The Marcus Vick era. That goon era we were just talking about. Also asks, what's Virginia Tech's biggest win of the season going to be? Well, hopefully it ain't that Florida State game. Hopefully it'll be Notre Dame. Lord knows. Uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully it'll be Notre Dame because that game is shaping up to be one of those it could be college game day type deals. Like we're we if we doing what we supposed to do, we should be undefeated. And if they doing what they supposed to do, they should be undefeated. And uh, it's gonna be a big deal. And college game day might be there if everything goes. That hopefully that should be the biggest win of the season. At Niner JDX Morris or Brita, who has the bigger, who has a bigger impact whole season for San Francisco? Um, it can't be Alfred Morris. Cannot be Alfred Morris. I'm not an Alfred Morris hater or nothing like that. Uh, I just think, I mean, Matt Breida has the speed, and he can do more with the in the pass game. I think Shanahan likes backs that can catch the ball. Of course, Morris played with Shanahan in Washington, but uh, I would rather have a back that can help you in the pass game. That could really be a weapon in the past game than just Alfred Morris. Old. And Alfred Morris, Alfred Morris is like a poor man's Frank Gore in a sense where he can take a play that was supposed to be two yards. He'll find a way to get four yards. That's like that's always been Alfred Morris' game. Like He'll always get the most yardage, even out of a bad situation. But he's not a game breaker. I don't think anybody ever thought Alfred Morris is that. At VT in Florida, 28X. Mary fuck kill with fat Mary fuck kill game with fast food, Chick-fil-A, Chipotle, Moe's. And why you picked each one? Now, I would marry Chipotle. I'm one of those people. Chipotle, Chipotle is and 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 it, and I got an abusive relationship with Chipotle. That's why I probably say Mary. Because Chipotle that had these scandals. When they was giving people STDs and all that, giving people, they they had the little STD scales. It ain't STDs, I'm joking. They was, you know, recalls and shit, people getting sick, salmonella, all that bullshit. But I keep coming back, man. I can't, I cannot stay away. They're actually building the Chipotle's like across the street from my house. Um, So, uh, so I'm about to, I think it's getting serious pretty much. Uh, So, yeah. Yeah, Chipotle's moving in, so. I gotta say, Murray Chipotle, uh, fuck Moe's. Because Moe's, Moe's is like the perfect sad piece when you when it comes to Chipotle. Like when Chipotle's doing wrong, I can kind of go to Moe's and get that Chipotle, the love that Chipotle don't give me without getting too far away from my wife, I guess. And uh a kill Chick-fil-A. Look, dog, we respect gays, we love gay people. Uh, Chick-fil-A not about to be out here disrespecting gays in any capacity. And then they're going to get love on this podcast. I don't give a fuck how good them chicken sandwiches is. I won't sit up here and say Chick-fil-A nasty, but fuck them. If they don't respect gays, fuck them. That's it. We're inclusive. This is 2018. If you're not inclusive, fuck you. And that is it for Don V Fridays. Uh, I hope y'all enjoy- I hope y'all enjoyed the show. Um, I got a lot of views. Well, not views, but a lot of listens. On the surprise podcast, that actually surprised me, because normally when you when you know you drop surprise, people are, oh shit, you know, they're not expecting it, but they're expecting Don V Fridays on a normal 
my normal, you know, Thursday afternoon, Thursday night upload or my Friday upload. They're expecting that, but they just out of, out of the blue just drop on a Tuesday and people fuck with it. That made me happy. Um, that, that honestly made me happy because I didn't think that a lot of people would really, you know, expect it and listen to it. And they did. And people gave me good feedback about it. And uh, that's the type of shit that that that's my reward for uh, for doing these podcasts. When people tell me that they actually like my podcast, when people tell me that they like my opinions, like that, that's what fills me up with like joy and shit. People like liking liking my content. But that's it for me, man. Uh, it's been a very hot week. Um, not really good. I I, um, I work out in this shit. I work out in it. And today, whew, I was suffering. I'm going to sit up here, y'all, my family, man. I was suffering. I was suffering really bad. I was not feeling good. I was not feeling well. Um, You got to take care of yourself. You got to be real safe out here. You cannot fuck around in this heat. You can die. You can die if you're not taking the proper care of yourself in the heat. And um, I got to do a better job of that. But um, fuck all that. That's it for me, man. God bless.